I'll explain a little bit about what we're going to do during the workshop. And also, this is a good, it's a good time to lay foundations about why this is relevant. Generally, I find most people don't manage their time, money, and energy optimally. And there's a, a combination between the three of them where if someone manages their time really well, they tend to manage their money. So there's the, what is it? Time, money, energy. If they manage the time well, they tend to manage their money better. It has an impact on the money and it has an impact on the energy. If people start managing their money better, that tends to have an impact on the time and on energy. And when people manage their energy levels better, it has an impact on time and money. So there's always a triangulation, there's a triangle like between the, the three of them. Regardless of which one we improve, there's a ripple effect that goes beyond the, the, the very narrow scope of either the time or the money or the energy, which means that it's, it's really interesting to take any one of the three and improve something. Now, when I talk to people about what they would like to change in their life, uh, so it's yeah, the magic wand question. If you have a magic wand, you could change something. You know, you get examples such as, I'd like to be happier. I'd like to have more money. Um, I'd like to, to not be sick. And it tends to boil down to wealth, health, and happiness. I think even... Um, uh, oh, we've got Mika joining on Instagram. Hi, Mika. Um, it, so even I think Tony Robbins talks about this, the wealth, health, and happiness. And so much of what coaching is or therapies or what people do, so much of it is specifically targeting wealth, health, and happiness. And when, once you see the pattern, it's really funny to see because it... It's what people usually want, wealth, health, happiness. You know, love is part of happiness. There's the idea that more wealth will remove some of the, the problems that people have, some of the hurdles. More wealth will provide more happiness. Uh, there's actually a rather fun Richard Branson quote, which is saying, people think that I'm happy because I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy because I'm happy. I made money because I'm happy. And happiness in itself is a choice. So if we want to if we want to improve any of these these uh these questions wealth health happiness usually it has an impact on how we manage time money and energy uh if we manage any of them poorly that will have an impact on our wealth for sure our health that will come eventually once the body can't take it anymore and gives up and definitely, definitely, definitely on our happiness. When we, um, oh yeah, your button. So yeah, we're doing it on, on Zoom and also doing it on Instagram, Mika. So whenever we um, mismanage any of those, it has some significant impact. You know, we talk about, about wasting time, about losing time. Time is probably the most important commodity that we have available. Uh, between the three. So I'll, I'll, I'll review quickly what I said this morning. Well, the three of them is quite interesting. Time, we have limited amounts of time. We all get 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
That's just the way it is. If we manage our time well, we get more things done. If we manage our time badly, we get fewer things done. This is the same for everyone. With money, some of us are born rich, some of us are born poor. Both come with their own series of complications. The only rule is if we manage our money better, we get more. And if we manage it badly, we get less money. We could say it's easier to have a lot of money. I'm not so sure about that. Because with a lot of money, it's easier to lose a lot of money. Many temptations that are out of reach if we are poor suddenly are within our reach. And one of the most tragic things is people who suddenly make a huge amount of money have never learned to actually manage money. So they make the money and they lose it. And this is, this is tragic because they get the dream, what they think is their dream. They go up, they lose it, and they go back down to where they were, and suddenly they've lost something. And we're much more sensitive to loss than we are to gain. So there's a certain amount of happiness going up, but the pain of going down is so much bigger than the joy of going up. And all we really care about is where we end up anyway. So uh, with money, if we manage it well, we get more. If you manage it badly, we have less. With energy, energy is renewable. So if we have zero out of 10 of energy and we respect ourselves, we get more energy. And regardless of where we are, if we don't respect ourselves, we get less energy. So it's just a matter of learning to respect ourselves. And of the three, the special one is time because we have a limited amount of time left and we don't know how much. We can sort of guess it. We can guess what the, you know, we know what the average life expectancy for men is, for women is in different locations. And so we can sort of guess it, but we don't know. Maybe we will live 20 years or 30 years longer than the, than the average. If we respect ourselves more and we have more energy, that's likely. It's likely we'll be on the outliers of the bell curve. And, uh, and at the same time, we can have an accident and die tomorrow. And then time is gone. Time is so precious. We treat it as though we have an unlimited amount of time because time going by is something that just really it freaks us out. And when, when, when you think about how afraid we are of talking about death, it's exactly that. We're running out of time and we don't want to think about it. And we're spending it as though we have an unlimited amount in the bank. So that's something we can do, but then we're wasting, wasting our time. Uh, with money, that's the advantage. At one point, we have no more money. Then we can get into debt. Then it can be a really vicious cycle. But money comes back if we treat it well and we respect it well. I mentioned this morning, why do we dislike seeing how we manage time and money? It's because it shows us exactly where our priorities lie. And we don't like to think about that. So I was talking with someone, for instance, who um, complained that she didn't have enough time and money. And I asked her just to, to guesstimate how much time she spent going to restaurants and bars and how much time she, she spent on social media. And of course, she spent multiple, like dozens of hours every week doing that. And asked how much money she'd spent. And she spent you know, hundreds of dollars every month, probably close to $1,000. Right, well, you have time, you have money. Your priorities are extremely clear. It's going to bars, going to restaurants, it's drinking, and it's going on social media. Those are your priorities. But then how do, what is your energy level? And she always complained about being, about being tired and having no energy. 
That's because, well, too much reward and too much indulgence is no longer reward and indulgence. It's just disrespect. It's like if we if we have a cake occasionally because it's our birthday, it's a celebration. If we have cake three times a day, that's no longer a celebration. That's addiction. So a few those are a few thoughts to, um, to bear in mind. Now, I was talking about wealth, health, and happiness. So when we talk about people's frustrations, what would they change? Like I said, they, they'd want more wealth, more health, more happiness. Frustrations typically will be with uh, relationships, will be with not being able to do what we want to do, uh, things being too difficult, claiming we can't find the time to do different things. That This, instantly, this is just an excuse saying you can't find the time. Uh, I, I know people who say, I'd like to write a book, I don't have the time. I really? Let's imagine I paid you a million dollars to find the time. Would you find the time? Of course we'd find the time. For a million dollars, we would. So the time is there. The only issue is that we're, no one's paying us a million dollars and we lack motivation. Uh, with energy, actually, one of the reasons why we, we squander our energy and we spend too much time with activities that don't give us energy might just be sometimes because we don't respect ourselves enough. We don't love ourselves enough. We're focused on feeling short-term pleasure versus building healthy, constructive, long-term goals that actually would be, would be fulfilling. would also require some level of, of commitment, um, some level of effort. And of course, it's just much easier to believe that it's beyond our reach and it's too difficult and feel like a victim and feel like the problem is the lack of time and the lack of, the lack of money. And therefore, it's okay to waste our energy and instead of doing something constructive to sit on a sofa and scroll through social media. It's short-term, short-term rewards. So what are some of, the, some of the frustrations people have? Well, frustrations can be not having the relationships they want, not being happy in a relationship, not finding the courage with which to talk through challenges in the relationship. And if a relationship doesn't have any challenges, it's simply that no one cares. Uh, or that the other person is, is toxic and is pretending to share 100% of our goals in exactly 100% the way that, that we see things. The likelihood of that is, of course, incredibly small. Why is it that some random person would totally share our goals? It doesn't, doesn't make sense. So even there's a small discrepancy, if that's important, it's worth talking about. You think of people who, who are on a couple and they talk about having children. Um, it's not self-evident how they want to, to do that, when they want to do it, and how many children they want. So imagine that people agree on how many children they want. What about the timing? What about the names? What if they don't agree on the number of children? How do you talk through that? There's some, some level of tension. That requires energy. That requires some level of focus. That requires some level of courage. And it's hard to have courage when our energy levels are low. Maybe that's one reason why we have low energy levels. It's a good excuse to do nothing. It's a good excuse to not take decisions because the energy levels are too low. And then, of course, because they're low, things are difficult and frustrating. And so, you know, we, we need a few drinks after work and going to the restaurant and indulging in a few things. And all of that costs money. 
and takes time. And it's really difficult to break the, the spiral. Really, really difficult. But once we know how to do it, then it's a bit easier. And here the advantage is we'll be looking at three different angles with which to break the spiral and quick wins on every level at the same time. So we can make many multiple improvements and they start becoming, um, uh, what's the word? They, 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 they accumulate. They will be logarithmic is not the right word. Exponential. Exponential. We get exponential results. So going from zero to one makes a small difference. One to two makes a bigger difference. And the further we go, the bigger the difference is, which gets to be, gets to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, people, people often are frustrated with their life. And the good way to know how things are going, first of all, is taking stock. Like right now, if I gave you a magic wand, would you change anything? If you wouldn't, you're happy with your life. If you think, oh yes, there's one thing specifically I would change, okay, is that something important? If it is something important, then maybe there's something that needs to be worked on. If it's nothing important, then you're happy with your life and it's fine. Um, and then another question is, imagine that in 12 months' time, nothing has fundamentally changed. How do you feel? If you feel anxious, concerned, uh, distraught, if you feel worried that it might be the case, then what exactly are you doing to create a plan for the future that, um, that you believe in, that makes you feel that the future is something worth looking forward to? Here we have Mika saying about, uh, about your health. So something that people want to work on is the health. Okay. So if the health currently is not ideal and not what we want, then do we have an option to make improvements? And if so, are we following that? If we need to do, uh, let's say, physiotherapy or exercise or take uh, medication, are we doing what we can to improve things? If we're not, and there is something we can do, then why are we not doing it? And if there is, if there is not something we can do, then then we probably have to learn to, 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 to deal with it. Uh, but provided that we're convinced that the future will be an improvement and we're following a strategy that seems good enough, um, even if it means also, of course, adapting the strategy to circumstances, but that's, that's part of strategy. Uh, if we're able to do that, then we're relatively confident in the future. And that can be the case if you're, let's say, you're freelancing, you don't have enough money, but you have a plan with which to get money. And you go, you know, I'm relatively confident things will be okay. Then it's great. However, if we are worried or anxious that things won't be okay, then the real question is, what will we do? If we don't know what to do, putting together a plan seems like a good idea. Hoping that things will work out doesn't seem like a good idea. Hope is typically what we do when we don't know what to do and we don't have the energy to put together a plan or create a plan or improve something tangible. We just hope. So we can look, you know, back in the past. How has hope worked out for us in the past? Compared to 12 months ago, have we made progress? If so, was it luck? If we didn't make the progress we wanted, to what extent can we learn something? Of course, the last 
you know, six months with COVID have been very, very particular. Uh, nonetheless, one of the big questions I think is, given that COVID doesn't seem to be going away, if we hope that things will go back to normal, that's probably not a great strategy. So we can be frustrated with the situation. We can be worried, concerned, anxious about a future if we don't make any changes. So the real question is, what changes can we make? Regardless of the field we are in, and regardless of the specific technical changes we're doing, and this can be like I gave the workshop on um, managing sustainable business, we can give tools with which to make improvements. If we do it and we know what to do, and we start doing it and it works out, that will raise automatically the energy level. It will also improve time management because we don't waste as much time trying to get something done. We're able to use our time wisely or more wisely to get a better effect. The alternative, of course, would be to, uh, to spend time going on, on internet, looking for the same level of information, sorting through it. And that takes a lot of time. And that also, you know, time is money, probably costs money. Um, <clears throat> and so if we know what to do, it makes it easier to, to, to generate the money that we need to, to make improvements and especially stop um, avoiding and losing money. Um, so yeah, the real question is, if, if we want to make changes, well, what do we do? Uh, and then, just losing, losing track of thought there. Um, let me see, it was, about, it was about the uncertainty. It is if we are... Uh, this is the downside of freestyling is all of a sudden, oh, hi, getting people joining. Um, yeah, so if we are, if we given the tool, yeah, okay, this, this, this is a thought, uh, the thought I had, sometimes lose myself on tangents. So in this case, regardless of what we're doing, and regardless of the situation we're in, it's really helpful to maximize the level of time management we have, our financial capacity, and energy management. When we're able to do that, we are in a better place to work with uh, whatever challenges will be coming our way, whatever challenges we'll be facing. It's sort of, how should I put it? Imagine yourself as a character in a video game. I've sort of been using this metaphor recently. You're a character in a video game. The stronger your character is, the easier you can deal with uncertainty, the easier it is to deal with whatever comes your way. The better you manage your time, your money, and your energy, the better you can manage uncertainty, regardless of whatever your situation is. If you're employed, if you're a freelancer, if you know that you are optimizing your time management, you're so much more productive. It's, it's mind-blowing. That's if you're employed, if you are a freelancer, regardless, you're much more productive. Improve the money management. It'll be easier to make more money with the money you get. Just that's whatever, however little it might be, whatever you get, you will be able to use it far better than if your money management is less good. And your energy levels will be far more stable. Energy, I'd argue, is, I'm saying it's one of the most important, doesn't really mean anything, the three of them. Energy is really important because even if you know how to manage your time well and your money well, if you have a little energy, you don't have the energy for your willpower. 
And if you don't have your energy for the willpower, then it's going to be so easy to slip back into absolutely the wrong, um, uh, absolutely the wrong habits. And it's so easy when we have low energy to think, I'll spend a bit of money to save time. And I will spend more time to save money. You know, instead of spending $20 on training, I will spend two hours trying to find the equivalent information. Is it, you know, is that really rational? If we believe the training will help us save time, why would we not want to spend $20? I mean, because, to save two hours, because then it means simply that we, we value our time at $10 per hour, which is very cheap. And it's like, if someone could pay you $10 to do whatever you want, you know, you, you, you probably sit down, read a book, go for a walk, go swimming. I mean, the, it's interesting to get, get into how do we value one unit of our time, like one hour, one day. When we're able to do that, you can go, part of what I'm paying for is trading to get my time back because my time is so precious. You get the idea? Stronger the, the, the time, management, uh, time management, money management, energy management abilities are, the more independent we are, the stronger we are, the more resistant we are, and the less we're likely to be impacted by any form of uncertainty. Also because our competition or people around us generally are not very good at managing this, so it's highly likely that they will be far more impacted than we will. But we can talk about competition. We can also just talk about, in the grand scheme of things, we want to be contributing as much as possible to the people around us, to, to the rest of society, helping people as much as possible. Now, which, which makes sense. It's the right thing to do. And be as useful as possible. If we're squandering time, money, or energy, we are below our optimal contribution. And usually we are the first one suffering. So those were a few, a few thoughts about the time, money, and energy. Um, yeah, so we'll be having the workshop on Thursday, whatever the date is, Thursday the 30th uh, from 4, let me see, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Dubai time. That's 4 p.m. until 7 p.m. European time and 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. UK time. And then the second part of the workshop will be on Saturday the 1st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Dubai time, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. European time. The first part will be about time management. So in time management, there, there are multiple techniques that are, that are interesting. I found most of the techniques work on one aspect of time management and don't give a comprehensive overview. What I've done when I was being really frustrated with my, with my own time management was look for the different pieces, put the puzzle together. And I've come up with something that to me is really robust, manageable, applicable, convincing. And within one session, we should be able to drop the distress levels down significantly. I've had people say that they went from, I think the most impressive was somebody was at eight or nine out of 10 of distress dropped down to two. And they suddenly felt, you know what, all the stuff where I feel totally overwhelmed is something I can manage. Now I know how to do it. Now I know where to start. Now I know uh, how to 
or what to focus on. So that was, that was, you know, that was impressive. That was good. And I usually get significant drops of distress. That's really important for me. When we don't manage our time well, we get really distressed. If we can drop the level of distress, that's already valuable. And then people start getting more productive. With money, there'll be some, some, some thoughts about what money is, beliefs we have about money, and then just a few tools, simple tools, about how to manage money more optimally, save money, put it aside, what to do, then answer questions with money. Um, there are many, many beliefs about that, so I think it's important to go through it. Challenge a lot of the beliefs. A number of the financial problems we have is us self-sabotaging because somehow we believe that money will be a problem in our life. So we really want to address that. And then at the end, energy. Energy is about uh, what behaviors and habits can we take, can we gain, that will help increase our energy levels, that will help us do it sustainably, and change a lot our mindset about what we do with our time, the habits we have, the hobbies we have, so we can focus more on beneficial habits and hobbies uh, that provide more energy. What I want to do with the energy bit is if you assess the energy level you have between zero and 10, and you say there's an average level, just think about this now. Your average level of energy over the past month has been how much? 10 is max, zero is minimum. You know you have a certain number. Then you assess what was your minimum level of energy between zero and 10 over the past month, and then the maximum level. And usually you've got some kind of bell curve where you've got sometimes you are very low, and sometimes you are very high. And our goal is, well, we've got a few goals here. Our goal is to raise the minimum level of energy so that the minimum level of energy gets higher. Even just doing that, it raises the average. And our goal is to avoid the troughs that really deplete our energy. And it's so difficult to get out of. I mean, that's why depression is, is, is terrible. When people are depressed, they've got no energy. Getting out of depression is really complicated. So we want to raise the minimum level of energy as much as possible. We want to raise the average level of energy as much as possible. And that usually happens. I mean, just, you know, arithmetically, it happens by removing the minimum level, of, uh, improving the minimum level of energy. And we want to do what we can to increase the maximum level of energy and the frequency of maximum level. So like if you say, I hit eight out of 10 of energy once in the past month, well, if you can hit it twice, that's pretty good. If you can hit it three, four, five times, that's really good. What about if suddenly you hit nine out of 10 of energy? Like that's, that's good. So if we can increase the minimum, increase the maximum, increase the average, that's absolutely great uh, in a way that's sustainable. You know, and when you think of it, what do we do for energy? Drink coffee, for sure. Consume sugar. Mm-hmm. And some people use other substances, alcohol, whatever, drugs. Uh, some people take vitamins, you know, which is great. It's great taking vitamins for, 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 for health. But if we're doing that to gain energy because we didn't sleep enough, you know, that's a, that's a big thing, actually. Huge part of the, there's a huge industry that caters to people who did not sleep enough 
don't respect themselves, and it's a quick fix substitute that is not sustainable. Coffee is not sustainable. It tastes delicious, but if you're if you if you're living off five to ten cups of coffee a day, that's not sustainable. It's not healthy, and the energy level you have is it would produces a buzz that is not as effective for working as if simply you're really well rested. That's interesting. So our goal is to, to find here the, the behaviors, the quick fixes, the tips that help sustainably increase energy levels so that, uh, so that you feel better. So that's the modest goal. I don't believe much in life hacking. I think a lot of this is, is overrated and a lot of it is people looking for quick fixes because doing the real work is too difficult. And we love the idea that if only I do, I get X habit, then everything will be fine. But here we can really find tangible ways to, to make a difference in terms of time management, uh, money management, and energy and habits. Understanding why we're doing it, what we go towards, and that way it's more sustainable. I think I've covered everything I wanted to, to cover, really. I'm happy to take questions. So I'm both on Instagram and I am live on Zoom. Uh, if anyone wants to ask questions, make comments, please go ahead. And I'll think what else I might want to share that would be relevant. So again, for anyone joining us now on, on Instagram, this is for the workshop on managing better our time, our money, and our energy. It will take place on Thursday, not Wednesday this time. Thursday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Dubai time, and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Dubai time. And uh, we've got someone else joining on Instagram. Hello, welcome. And did they... No, still here. Thank you. Great. So, welcome. Um, no, just lost. Okay. Oh, well, people come and go. Um, yeah. Any questions? Or are we good? Okay, I'm getting a question here. If curious situations or troubles does not stop. Mika, could you be more... Um, more precise. I'll start answering what I what I think. Okay, what what can we do? Uh, well, I'll answer the way I understand that, which is, if we are going through difficult situations, there are different ways to approach it. One thing is to try to solve the situation, regardless of whether or not we have a strategy to do it. Improving our energy levels our time management and our financial situation will help us regardless of what it is. Something actually to, to remember is that improving our time, money and energy management, and I think it's really important to take the three of them together, improving that will not solve all of our problems. However, if we manage them poorly, it will create an, a huge amount of unnecessary problems and headaches. And that's really not worth it. So, you know, we can, we can be, it's, 
I should put it, it's difficult enough to deal with real challenges in life. If we're managing our time poorly, we've got much less time to actually deal with the, the, with the, with the issues. If we don't have money, that's a whole other kind of headache. And if we don't have energy, then we, we're just not effective when we deal with it. So here you say, every day something happens which makes you nervous. Well, I'd separate between the two things. One thing is understanding, is understanding what is making you nervous. First of all, externally, what is making you nervous? Internally, what is making you nervous? Those are two things to work on. And then I think, you know, a case in point here is if you're worried about money, that's a whole other worry that just complicates things more. Uh, if you manage your time poorly, that also creates more problems. And when it comes to, to energy, if you have low levels of energy, we're much more easily affected by problems that could otherwise seem like small problems. So here, I think it's figuring out what is making you nervous? Your level of nervousness, is it proportionate to what is happening? Or do you feel that it is, that you have the nervousness inside of you and it's getting triggered by some random, um, some random event? You know, it could be, you say, in the evening you're okay, another day something happens. Uh, so something happens again another day. It's difficult to say these are hypotheses. It could also be your energy levels are low. So whatever challenge comes your way seems like a bigger threat than it would be if your energy levels were higher. It could be that. Maybe you're just also, I mean, you know, the situation over there, it could also be that you're really faced with really, really tough things. Um, in which case, you know, the, the, as, as we know, the way to work is figure out in, on the micro level what we can do to improve things. You know, even going through, that's it's just case in point. We're going through a pandemic. Things are really tough. There's a lot of uncertainty. Being sleep deprived just makes everything harder. I'm not saying that sleeping solves the problems, not, but not sleeping makes it worse. Uh, in this case, I don't know specifically what you're referring to. So it's, it's difficult to, to really provide anything tangibly helpful beyond that. But of course, you know, we can, we can talk. I'm happy to, to, to talk to you about it and see if there's anything more, more specific can be done. Uh, it can also be interesting to think, well, actually here's a tool, here's something to do. If things happen to, to us that make us nervous, we can assess a few things. First of all, the thing that makes us nervous, is it really having an impact, tangible impact, or is it something that we're afraid might happen? If we're afraid it might happen, how do we assess the probability it will happen? Is it low? Is it high? Is it medium? And then if it does happen or if it will happen, how big is the impact on us? And between zero and 10, 10 is catastrophically huge and zero is tiny. And we can, when we're stressed or tired or worked up, we can easily, as an expression, which is make a mountain out of a molehill. So take something very small and make it seem like it's absolutely huge. Uh, the more we are stressed, 
because stress is a form of fear. The more we are stressed, the more difficult it is for us to calmly and objectively assess threat because everything seems like threat. Um, you know, the threat, there's more threat and that's a, a vicious circle. Breaking that, that vicious circle is, is complicated. However, if we're able to assess the impact and see if we can live with it, it can be much easier to put some distance. It's like, you know, let's say you get a fine for something and you don't pay it and you have to spend an extra $20. It can be really annoying. But at the same time, it's only $20 more. So is that something we can live with or not? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But the, the stress levels are not necessarily, necessarily proportionate to the price we pay or to the, the, the real effect something can have. Does that make sense? So I hope that was, that was helpful. Anyone else? Any questions? Anything you'd like to ask me? And I will, I'll suggest again, um, like I usually do, which is, um, if you, if you don't want to do this workshop, I'd ask you a few, just to think of it this way. Do you not want to do the workshop because you don't have enough cash flow? That's one option. It's a good, good, good reason not to do it. Is it because you're not sure it will be helpful? That's another very good reason not to do a workshop. Not sure it's going to be helpful. It might just be a waste of time. Maybe. Or is it because that you think that if it did work and it really helps you improve your management of time, money, and energy, do you think it would not be worth the money? Not an easy question. And it's interesting to put I mean, I really like this exercise when it comes to personal development and coaching and, and therapy. It's really interesting, I find, to put a price on something untangible, but so important, such as, if I can manage my time better, how much would I pay? If I can manage my money better, this is interesting because it's an investment. If I do it better, how much money could I get or keep or save? And how much would I be willing to pay for it? And if I could improve my energy level, what's that worth? You know, with energy, let's say that let's say that you live in a expensive economy and a cup of coffee costs five euros. And you're having let's say one cup of coffee per day. That's one thousand five hundred euros over a year. Over ten years, that's fifteen thousand euros. Over forty years, sixty thousand euros assuming the price doesn't increase, and you just have one cup a day. If it's two cups a day, it's closer to 120,000 euros. That's a pretty expensive habit. And why do we drink coffee? Well, part of it is the taste. Well, that's, the taste is really important. And part of it is because, well, we need that extra boost of energy. So what if we could actually save money? Would that be interesting? save money by saying by improving our energy management maybe that'd be interesting so i'll be sharing some some weird techniques and thoughts and things like that uh with uh, with everyone um yeah i think there we there we go
Any other questions? Or we call it, we call it a night. I think that might be okay. If you have more questions, uh, shoot me a message, an email, leave a comment. You can contact Just Be to sign up. So uh, we're still doing the special deal where you, if you're not sure it's for you, you can sign up for the first half day, and that is 600 dirham. And if you are sure it's for you, so it's 600 dirham for the first half day, and then 600 dirham for the second half day, so it's 1,200 dirham. And if you are sure it is for you, you can sign up for both half days at the same time and save 25%. And then it's only 900 dirham. So there we go. Um, well, thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Have a lovely evening. Bye.